0: Antelope stewardship. Steve mentioned we were going to talk about being stewards of what God has given us in different areas of our life, and uh, it's it's a, a really amazing concept to realize that everything that we have, whether gifts, talents, time, money, relationships, whatever it is, God gave us those. Right? Like everything I have is His. Everything. That stinky car that won't crank sometimes is His. That's why you can pray over it. <laughs> my, my marriage is His. My, my kids are His. Um, my gifts are His. So here, here's an idea. Let's go into this idea for the next couple of weeks on stewardship of, of asking ourselves this question. Are we really trusting God with everything He's given us, and are we using it for His glory? And this isn't like a really deep theological message, you know. And I was telling uh, John earlier, these are hard to preach because I'm more of a preacher than a teacher. But this is where we live. What are we doing with what God's given us? What are we actually doing with it? And so, let's look at this, Romans fourteen twelve. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Ouch. That's a big ouch, isn't it? Yeah. Like, Okay, so if, if you're here today just to check, check the church box, this, you can probably leave right now. Because this is a challenging idea of being stewards of what God has given us. And so if you're taking notes, I encourage you to take some notes today. If, if you don't have a pen or paper or phone or iPad or whatever, you can get th- this PowerPoint online. Think about this idea. Each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Romans 14, 12. That means that I'm going to stand before God one day and I'm going to give an account. I'm going to have to give an account of what I did with what He gave me. Because if you really believe the Bible, then you really believe this verse, and if you really believe this verse, it will change the way you live your life. One day, I'm going to stand before God and God's going to look at me He's going to say, Jason, what did you do with what I gave you? See, God's gift to me is life. What I do with my life is my gift to God. What, hey, Jason, what did you do with your life? And this is a very personal question because you might look at me and go, oh, well, you're a pastor, so this is easy for you to talk about. Yeah, no, it's not. Just because God gifted me to do this doesn't mean I'm, any, I'm no different than you are. We're all striving, we're all walking, we're all on a journey. But, but the fact is, Romans says, look, we're going to give an account of ourselves. Not what somebody else made me do. Not how I got really hurt by somebody else so it turned my life into a whirlwind. Not about things that somebody else did to make bad things happen in my life. Ourselves. Wow. We're going to give an account for ourselves. If you go to the next scripture in 2 Corinthians 9 6, remember this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Think about this. So, cantaloupe stewardship, right? And, and for so long, this scripture right here is, is, you know, is preached money, 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 money. And yeah, we're going to talk about money. But God's gifted us with a lot more things in our life than money. For for a lot of us, we got a lot more things than we have money. <laughs> okay, good. And the reason we don't have more money is because we've got a lot more things. Now, think, think, think about this for a second. So, so here's a cantaloupe. I told Steve this morning, I got up here and I was, I was about to do this in the first service. And I was like, dude, this thing's not going to cut that cantaloupe. So in perfect Pastor Steve fashion, he grabs it with a really serious look on his face and he goes... That's awesome. <laughs> he uses that look a lot with me, but it's all good. So, so think about a cantaloupe, right? You cut a cantaloupe open, and you look inside. What's inside? Cantaloupe. cantaloupe. <laughs> you guys are easy. Yeah. So that's really good. That's so good I might have to take a minute. But also inside the cantaloupe is what? So if I take this cantaloupe and I sit down, which will be very awkward since we're all together, but if I was alone, I sit down and I start eating this cantaloupe. And I eat all the cantaloupe and all the seeds. A few days from now I think, you know what? I would really like another cantaloupe. How could I grow a cantaloupe? Well, I can't. Why? I ate all the seeds. They're gone. And so life is much about what we do with what God's given us. And I would submit to you today, if you look at all these seeds in here, there's only one cantaloupe, but there's probably 400 seeds, five hundred thousand. Who's counting? There's a bunch of seeds. That's just, oh, they're still going. Oh, yeah. Tons of seeds. And you may not think you're a very special person, but can I tell you, God thinks you're very special? And God created you just the way He created you because that's the way He wanted you. You've got a gift set that no one else has. And so what am I doing with my life is the question. Where am I sowing seeds in those around me? How am I I reproducing the face of Jesus and and being Christ-like in those around me? And what should I be focused on sowing into? I think that's the word for today, focus. Where, where am I? Where Because t- I'm not going to take these seeds right here and go out. I'm not going to take these over to the beach and plant them in the sand expecting a cantaloupe. That ain't happening. That just don't work. If you've ever tried that, I'm sorry. If you're thinking about trying anything, <laughs> I'm going to find some good soil. And so we're going to look at some different areas where we really could be focused on sowing seeds and being good stewards of what God's given us. Stewardship defined is this. The position and duties of a steward, a person who acts as the surrogate of another or others, especially by managing property, financial affairs, and estate, etc. The responsible overseeing and protection of something considered worth caring for and preserving. Wow! Look at that that last definition out of Webster: the responsible overseeing and protection of something considered worth caring for. And preserving. So if if we honestly believe that everything that we have is from God, then it's worth caring for. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, if we honestly believe that, then then absolutely it's worth caring for. And so, uh, let's get into this. Number one, I'm a steward of my gifts. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Go back to the point right here, Larry. I'm a steward of my gifts. You could use the word talents here. I'm a steward of who God made me to be. God put in me certain things that can bless others so that He gets the glory. It, it, you may be here today and you're like, dude, I don't even know what I'm, why I'm alive. I don't even know, like, why am I even here? Like, what's life really about? That's the mystery in jars of clay. That's the awesome thing about finding God as your Savior and meeting Jesus Christ as the Messiah. That's That's the amazing thing of coming to a place where you realize, you know what, God? You made me like you made me. I tried to mess it up. You've saved me. Your love, your grace, and your mercy has come into my life. And now I get to be who you created me to be so you get the glory. Brilliant way to live. Magnificent. Finding the sweet spot. Anybody play golf? Confess, right now. Golf? Okay. Sometimes you hit that golf ball, man, and some of you, some of you guys in ladies here aren't raising your hand. You're like, that's, a, that's not a soft spot. That's a sore spot in my life. But, but Kurt, you know what I'm talking about. Some, sometimes you, you hit that golf ball, and you get it right there where they created it to be hit. And you're like, you just glory in your own glory. (laughs) That went straight. That went far. That's awesome. Let's quit playing now. (laughs) No more curse words will be uttered if we just stop right now. Glory. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. See, the sweet spot is different for all of us. What's God gifted you to do? What 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 gift set has God given you? And you, we we we'll get into spiritual gifts later. But like, who who are you? Are you a happy person? By the way, we all should be happy because it's good news, right? We should all smile. But if you're hospitable, then host someone. I mean. We, I've been to places before where people are... They invited us over, and I'm like, they're angry, we're here. <laughs> like, they're not hospitable at all. And Ray and I have a code word. My wife and I have the code word, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> <laughs> How to get out quickly. <laughs> oh. So, so think, think about this for a second. What, what has God gifted you at where you, you can use your gifts for His glory. Each one of us has received gifts. To, it's interesting to me here that the Bible doesn't say say each one of us has received gifts to make money. Which that's, we all have to do that. Each one of us has received gifts, gifts so we can be very popular. Each one of us has received gifts so that we can make music and make a bunch of money. Or so that we can be seen by the world. No. What's it say? Glenn, it says to serve others. So, when your motive, and and God is into your motive, believe me, when your motive is to serve others, your gift grows, and as your gift grows, you're able to serve more others. That's not grammatically correct, but you get what I'm saying. In various forms. Not in one certain... I am so... I love the church. I love the family of God. And one of the most amazing things I love about the family of God is we're all different. Especially this church. <laughs> told you before, our church is like the bar scene on Star Wars. You remember that? You know what I'm talking about, Ed? Yeah. <laughs> you got one head going... There. <laughs> You all keep me busy, I'll just tell you that. (laughs) Various forms. He's the head of the church. We're going to follow Christ. We're going to keep chasing after Him and using our gift. Jesus served others, that's what He did. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, yet to serve and give His life as a ransom for many. And that's what we're called to do, to serve others. Verse 11, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. Oh boy, that's a tough one, isn't it? Right? If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. So, I get a chance to be a servant to this world. And do with what God's given me what He would do if He were here. And when I do that with a pure motive and in love, serving others, guess who gets the glory? Yeah. We, we should all be deflector, deflectors of, of praise. You know, somebody would come up to me and say, hey man, that was a good message. Don't tell me that. Because when you don't tell me, I think it was terrible. <laughs> But but if you've ever said that to me, I'll say I'll say this thing every time. Praise God. Defla- you know, because here's the deal: if you don't take the good news, you don't have to take the bad news, right? Pray- praise God. Every day of our life, oh, what an amazing thing concept to get every day of our life with everything that God has given us. What if he got the glory? Good thought. Number two. I'm a steward of my relationship with others. Philippians 2, five, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. This is very challenging. If you think about relationships, you think about all the people that you're involved with, right? So the most important people that we're involved with are those that we live with, correct? Right? I mean, that's where the crux of you know r- relationships are it's in the home and so take this scripture in your home with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus oh cuz we can have that mindset on Sunday morning at church got this i know how to grip and grin i got i got this going on this is easy this is easy but what about when one's got the flu the other's throwing stuff around the house, talking to kids. And the other, you can't find the other one because <laughs> you're too busy cleaning up the one that's got the flu. And then you look at your spouse and say, Something stupid. Now I'm just talking to men. Women never say anything stupid. Amen? Okay. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> Smart gentleman in this room right now. I'm a steward of my relationship with my family. I'm a steward of relationships in my workplace. I'm a steward of relationships in ministry. I'm a steward of the relationships that God has entrusted me to. Do you know that you know people because God wanted you to know them? Yeah. You're not you're not just by happen chance hanging out, the guy in the cubicle next to you is just not there because he's just there. He's there because he don't know Jesus, and Jesus is looking for someone to tell him about Jesus. I mean, I believe with all of my heart, everything that happens in my life is because God wants it to happen. Unless I'm just making dumb decisions, which happens a lot. So, outside that... I believe with all, believe all in my relationships. God has ordained them. I'm telling you, I, I used the golf illustration earlier. Sometimes you go play golf, and they'll pair you up with somebody else. and it drives me crazy, because I'm like, okay, God, you did that, so now I'm not going to have any fun. Because <laughs> now I've got to talk to this guy. <laughs> in our relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. What is that mindset? It's a serving mindset. It's a loving, serving, accepting, truthful mindset. If you look at this next scripture right here, it says it this way, 1 Peter 4 8. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sin. Wow. Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. We talked about family just for a second. Let's let's go deeper there in the sense that No one can hurt you more than those that are supposed to love you more. Isn't it true? I mean, no one can affect me in a deep way unless I really love them deeply. I can be sad, if you will. I can can feel bad for them. But unless I truly love them deeply... I don't feel that hurt. And so I would submit to you today that we live in a world full of people who have been hurt deeply by those that were supposed to love them deeply. And so now we're dealing with ourselves, our past, and a world full of people who've been hurt deeply by those who are supposed to love them deeply. And they're looking around for all sorts of antidotes to to being loved deeply, and so they go from this relationship to this relationship to this relationship, from this drug to this drug to this drug, to, to all these different types of things, and God's saying, Church, hello, Peter's telling us today, look, above everything else you do, love each other deeply. Starts in the home. Let's talk about the church for a second. Some of you in this room right now are sitting across the room for somebody that you don't even like. So don't sit by them, which you're not doing. But you're called to love them. This is a good word for a young church. Think about this just for a second. Like we're only nine, nine years into this, almost nine years into this. So we're, we're a young church. Animosity among believers is very, very unattractive to the world. It is. And and you know what? It, if you're not grown up enough to keep your mouth shut about somebody else, leave. We need the seats. I mean, seriously. Like when are we going to grow up and 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 say, you know what, Peter? I get it. I may not be booze and buddies with this person, but I'm called to love them, and loving them is being called to shut my mouth every once in a while. Just just a thought. Let's look at this last scripture on this point. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. What what an amazing idea. I'm a steward. See, Because here's the deal. We take our relationships with others for granted. you know I think there's a country song that says something like, "Are you a friend that you would want to have?" or something like that i don 't know It talks about a dog and beer too i don't <laughs> but, yeah are, are are you a friend Are you a friend that you would want to be able to call in the middle of the night? Encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you Are doing. We're stewards of our relationships. We are. Everyone that you'll come in contact with tomorrow if you're following Christ and on point, are people that God put in your path. You're going to serve them, you're going to be nice, you're going to smile, you're going to cut them off in traffic. Because we're stewards of our relationship. So this this last thing is Colossians. 3, Thirteen and fourteen. Bear with each other and forgive one another. And any of, if you, any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Bear with each other and forgive one another. And any of if any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Bear with each other. Bear, bear bear with each other, and if anyone has something against anybody else, forgive them. Because I'm a steward. I'm a steward of the relationships that God's put me in. Ah, oh, here's an idea. Is there somebody in your life that you can forgive today? And we've talked about this before. Forgiving someone doesn't make them right, it makes you Right? Bitterness is a pill that we swallow hoping it's going to affect someone else and it eats us up inside. Bear with one another. And over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Here, here's the thing. This is what I've learned. I'm getting older. I, I, you have to get old. You don't have to act old. Right? Yeah. So, But I am getting older. And this is... I, I've learned over the past 15, 16 years of doing ministry probably longer than that. I can't get along with everyone but I can decide in my heart I can love them. You know why? Because I know me and Jesus loves me. And if Jesus put me up on a storyboard and said this part of your life and this part of your life and this part of your life and you did this and you said that and for that reason I can't love you then I wouldn't be able to love people. He doesn't do that because love covers over a multitude of sin and that's what Jesus did he loved us so much so he gave his only life so I'm a steward of my relationships that God has put me in so how am I sowing seeds into those relationships am I sowing godly seeds Am I saying, "Hey, you want to hook up for some coffee?" And then during that, I've read my Bible that morning, and I'm—I've got a, a fresh word in my heart that maybe I could share with someone. Am I, am I acting Christ Christ-like? Am I inviting people to church? Am I? Because remember, last week we talked about let's stop acting like Christians and be one. We're stewards over the relationships God has entrusted us with, starting with our our family first, and then. It just goes in a ripple effect out that way. Last thing, number three. I'm a steward of my relationship with God. John fifteen one through 11. Now, most of you are still awake. This is a long passage, so pay attention if you're still awake. Are you good? You good? Okay. All right, but you can't read part of it without reading all of it. I'm a steward of my relationship with God. So, if we're talking about sowing seeds... I got to ask you a question. We'll talk about time next week, but let's talk about right now also. How much time? How many? How much time am I sowing into my relationship with God? Because again, I know a lot of you in this room right now, and I know a lot of you know really how to talk about God. Good. You. I mean, you're good, and and you may even go somewhere on a daily basis where they talk about God. You may even work out at a place where they talk about God. You may even you may work at a place where God's talked about, and you've gotten really, really good at talking about God. I got a question for you. When's the last time you talked to God? I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. This is Jesus talking. If I am a steward of my relationship with God, which I am, here's the neat thing about God. He made us creatures of free choice. That's how we got into this mess to begin with. That's how Adam and Eve got. But we have free choice. So, it's my decision how involved I want to be with God. He said, "Well, Jason, why didn't God just make me get up in the morning and make me read my Bible and make me pray and make me love him? Would that really be love? Hmm. If I made my wife get up in the morning and make me make breakfast and make me talk to her and make or if I made her do that, I'd get beat up, actually. <laughs> it's not love. Jesus is saying, "Look guys, you've got to remain in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches." you can't do anything you can't bear any fruit outside of me so if you don't sow some of these seeds into your relationship with me and stay connected with me your life is going to be meaningless i mean, I tell you man so often I get the privilege of being with people as they're they're dying and Several times I've been with people who just money was their god. They chased after money. They, cha- I mean, that, that was their whole deal. And every time I've had the privilege of being with someone like that and praying with someone like that, the, the comment that they make is, "It's empty. It's just empty." praise the Lord many of those times I've been able to pray with them and lead them to a decision for Christ but outside of being connected to the vine because here's the deal you can make a bunch of money connected to the vine you can you can have great relationships connected to the vine you can make a a difference connected to the vine you can leave your mark. You can leave a heritage. You could leave a destiny connected to the vine. But Jesus is saying, listen, if, unless you sow some seeds into this relationship right here, life is going to be meaningless. And aren't we so glad that we don't live a meaningless life? That we serve a God that's alive. Loved us so much He sent His only Son to die for us. Stay connected. You're a steward. You are a steward of your relationship with God. You get to decide how close you want to get with God. You and I. Isn't that something? It's not duty. It is a privilege to sit before God in the early morning hours or late at night and open this magnificently brilliant book and just read a little of it and say, God, would you just speak to me? I I need your comfort. Would you just speak to me? Now look... Maybe, maybe you're not reading your Bible at all. And don't raise your hand. But how many of us in this room didn't read our Bible this week? Don't raise your hand. How many of us did? Don't raise your hand. In the first service, I told people not to raise their hand. And all the proud, pompous people. I said, how many of you have read your Bible this week? I told you, don't raise your hand. You're making everybody else feel like crap for not reading their Bible. What are you doing? Stop that. Hey, what if we did this? What if you what if you said, you know what, this week? I'm gonna I'm gonna read start in John, if you if you're not familiar with the Bible. What, what if I, I'm gonna read a few scriptures? I mean, don't set out to say, I'm a steward of my relationship with God. I don't spend any time with God, but this week's gonna be an hour a day. No, it won't. You'll fall asleep. You completely fall asleep. Give him five minutes tomorrow if you're not spending any time with God. Give him five minutes. Read, read some scripture, talk to God about your life, and sit for a bit, and see how that goes. See, because we, we all get really good at talking about God, but are we talking to Him? Before you know it, that five minutes will turn to ten, that ten will turn to fifteen, and, and then you'll be late for work, and your boss will say, Did you go out again last night? And you'll say, No, I was reading my Bible, and I got carried away. I'm telling you, it's contagious. It's life. It's living and it's active. You are a steward of your relationship with God. Let's go. If you're serving communion, you can be dismissed. Let's go to that last scripture, Larry. Romans. Romans 10, 9, 9 and 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved maybe you're here today and you say Jason I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior and it's always kind of been a mystery to me I've heard people talk about being saved and I've been to this church and they just sprinkled me or I went to this church and they did that or they they did this, I'm really confused about salvation I'm I'm just confused about it Declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. Salvation. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Now, salvation is not a get-out-of-hell-free card just so you can pray a prayer and then leave. It's a journey. And we work it out. And we walk it out. And that's why we have life groups. That's why we meet here every Sunday. That's why there's groups that meet here all days and hours of the week. We're on a journey. But the first step to that journey is saying, you know what? I believe in my heart. I actually believe this. I believe what this Bible says in my heart. Nobody can believe for you. You have to believe for yourself. That's what salvation is. Jason, why do we ask people every week to bow their heads, and if, if they need Jesus, raise their hand, because that's a form of confession. I need Jesus in my life. And I'm believing in my heart right now, and I'm praying out of faith that I believe this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. You're a steward of your relationship with God. So whether you've been walking with Him for a long time, and maybe there needs a tune-up, maybe you need a tune-up in that relationship, you're a steward of that. But you also get to be the steward of your decision to confess Christ as the Messiah and to be at peace with God. That's you. You're a steward of that. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. My, God doesn't have my arm behind my back ready to break it. Saying, so look, here I am arms wide open, I love you so much, I sent my only son, but you get to decide that, so we're about to have communion, we have an open communion, anyone's welcome, uh, we just go by bi- biblical standards there, but before we do that, would you bow your head all over this place, and let's just let's pray, and let me, let me ask you that question, as far as your stewardship with your relationship with God, here's the, here's the first step, the first stone of the stepping stones, Have you put your faith from your heart in Jesus Christ as the Messiah? Have you done that? You might be sitting there today and you feel God knocking on the the door of your heart and you're saying, you know what, I know I need to do that. I've not done that. I need to do that. The Bible says the only way we have peace with God is through Jesus. If that's you and you're here today and you say, you know what, I need to do that. I want to put my faith in Jesus as the Messiah. I want to confess in my heart. If that's you... Anywhere in this place, nobody looking around, nobody moving around. But if that's you, say, I'm ready to confess right now, Jesus is Savior. And I want to pray and invite him into my heart. Just flip your hand right up and put it back down. I see your hand. Thank you. Anyone else? I see your hand, buddy. That's awesome. I see your hand, now. Anyone else? I need, I need, I want to be a good steward of my relationship with God. And I know I can only do that through putting my faith in Jesus. Before we pray, if there's anyone else in this room right now to invite Jesus into their heart and be at peace with God anyone else I see your hand that's awesome that's amazing God's going to bless you for that as he already is right now anyone else I need to know Jesus Christ is my personal savior I don't want to leave this place today without the assurance of being at peace with God if you raised your hand Just by virtue of you doing that God's already working in your life right now Nothing magical about this prayer But that Romans talk about Confessing from your heart And that's much of what this prayer is about So if you raised your hand Pray, pray this prayer with me And when we're done today Would you go out to the tent And get a Bible Get a devotion And um, tell someone today About the decision you've made If you raised your hand Right there where you sit And pray this prayer with me Father thank you for loving me Thank you for chasing me Thank you that I'm in this seat today. God, right now, I'm confessing in my heart that I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the true Son of God, that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life, Jesus Christ took my death and sin on the cross, that they placed Him in a grave, and I believe with all my heart that God raised Him from that grave and that He's in heaven today praying for me and He's coming back for me one day. So God, thank you that right now you are making me into a new creation. You're going to put people around me they're going to help me in this journey as I go out to the tent today and get my Bible my devotion God you're going to use that to help spark my new walk thank you Father that I know beyond anything else right now because of what your word says as I put my faith in you I've been redeemed I've been saved I'm a new creation and I'm going to walk it out in Jesus name amen hey we're about to be served communion hang on to that community we'll all take it together. this place please the Bible says on the night that Christ was betrayed he took some bread stood up from the table with his best friends and he said these words this is my body broken for you and then I know I say this every month but it's such a part of who I am some of the most riveting words that Jesus said in the Bible were on that night because he said this when you do this you remember me Oh, man, the Bible says he's the friend of sinners. And that right there gets me every time. He could have said anything he wanted. He knew what he was up against. He knew what the cross held for him. He said, look, just remember me. It shows such the human side of Jesus, all God, all men. And so so shows to me the relational side of Christ. He knows he's going to die. And he says, would you remember me? He so as we take today the bread, let's remember what Jesus did for us. The Bible says in a like manner he took the cup. He said, this is the blood of a new covenant. And so basically what he was saying was, well, what I'm about to do for humanity is going to take care of all the other things you guys have been having to do. All the sacrifices, all the religiosity. This is the blood he was talking about he was going to shed on the cross. And he says it again. He says, whenever you do this, would you remember me? And I think that's so poignant in our lives today because we're so busy, right? We're so important. It's times like this where we slow down and say, Jesus, thank you for what you did for me. Whether we've been following him for a long time or whether we're newly saved or perhaps just saved, he's saying that to us today. Remember me. Remember me. And so in this moment, let's remember what Jesus did for us. Father, thank you that you loved us so much. You sent your only son. Today we celebrate, (coughs) celebrate Christianity. We celebrate being Christ followers, and we celebrate your love, your grace, and your mercy over our lives. It is in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen.